Well, here's another Fulham podcast to talk about how painfully blunt, injury-prone and boring midweek's defeat to Villa was. I wonder if there's any way we can be thankful to them for a change when they beat us. Unlikely for this one, I'm afraid. We'll talk about that quickly as we can and move on to regaining our winning ways against Manchester City. Bloody Nora. In the words of the movie Gladiator, death smiles at us all. All a man can do is smile back. I think we might as well just enjoy some godly football thrown at us on Sunday and hope it's a respectful performance from the Fulham. But who knows, anything can happen. Anyway, I myself am smiling back at death right now. I've got Morgan Carlton and Matthew Baldwin in front of me, so let's begin. I'm J-Mac and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. So there you have it, folks. The uh, the night of one shot on target, thirty seconds into the game. I might as you might. I'll go to you first, Morgs. You were there. You might as well have gone gone home after that. I wasn't even there for it. Oh, well, you know. into the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we missed we uh, we missed the first like almost ten minutes because the traffic was so bad getting out of London, and uh, so we had to hot foot it from the car park to Villa Park. And by that point, we'd already had our shot for the game, and uh, spent the rest of the time thinking, oh, "What the hell's this?" So it was a dreadful, dreadful game, and it was so flat everywhere. I think it was one of those classic end of season games where even the fans seemed knackered. Yeah, like, it was just it was a really it was a lethargic performance on the pitch, and it was a fairly lethargic performance in the stands as well. And it's I don't know, it was just it was one of those games. It was a classic midweek shitter when you've spent end up doing a 12 hour round trip Fuck with uh, very little hours. show for it yeah I left my place at 2 and I got home at 2 almost. So, man yeah, it wasn't wasn't the most pleasant of days but hey that's the uh, joys of you know following a football team really isn't it yeah exactly well, um, sorry Border, what are your opening thoughts on this I guess it's just one of those boring defeats that you just have to write off now and then during a season a successful one at that for us I guess yeah, I think it is. I think sort of Morgan touched on it. Is it does it does have that end of season feel? And I think we've sort of had that end of season feel for a couple of weeks now. I think pretty much everyone accepted it after the Mitrovic thing. You know, oh, what's you know what's there left to fight for? Let's just put in some good performances. And we've just been lucky in the fact that you know two of those games was Everton and Leeds, two teams who are struggling. So we were sort of able to get away with it. You know. I was discussing this on a, on another podcast. We're playing with a little bit more freedom, as it were. There's nothing to worry about. Let's just go out and have fun. And against Everton, you can do that. And against Leeds, you can do that. But against Aston Villa, who, you know, you know, whilst Everton and Leeds are fighting for something, Aston Villa is still fighting for something. But they're a good side fighting for something. So if you don't turn up on a day like that, then you can get the result that, you know, in the, and the performance that we had on Wednesday. So it is just... It's just a bit meh, and I think, you know, I might not sound that enthused, but I'm pretty sure I'm more enthused and more up for this than they were on Wednesday, on a Tuesday night, rather. It seemed just a bit doomed from the start, Morgan. You had Willian, who obviously had <laughs> uh, pulled a hamstring injury, potentially, during the warm-up, and um, so obviously Sol- Solomon starts, and then you put Cabano on the bench. And, it, I mean, arguably, that ruined our game plan a bit. I- I'd like to think that our attack is more than just Willian, and obviously Mitrovic is out, but it, was- it did seem that that was... Uh, the dinner bells for Aston Villa a bit, didn't it? I think losing William uh, just for kickoff was a really you know unfortunate part of the game. He's so important to how we play, and replacing him with Solomon. Although you know Solomon's been good, he's definitely not uh, doing what he was doing when he first got back from injury, and it was just a very different type of player 
there. William is so cultured. He's got the football mentality. He's every pass he makes looks like it's really well thought through, and or you know in his runs, his uh, you know finding space. Whereas Solomon is very bit much more of a sort of you know classic winger in that mm. sense, and you know lose you know having to change that game plan. Uh, he was up against Ashley Young, who, whilst he's 37, he's uh, an excellent professional. He's you know got an excellent footballing head on him, and he just dealt with him really easily for the most part. And it's uh, you know once you have that that you know come up uh, happen before the game's even started, you think oh, well hopefully Solomon can have a good game. But to be fair, he was one of many that didn't. And then Harry Wilson, yeah, I mean. Poor guy, he's just back from injury. He's, you know, he's been playing so well in the last few games, and to sort of go out with, uh, you know, that early in the game after what fifteen minutes or so, and then having to bring on Bobby, who, you know, fair play to him, he's always done well uh, in recent years. It's, uh, it just wasn't the same, and we were very much blunted as soon as that happened. And to be fair to Aston Villa. They may not be the most exciting team to play, and they dominated up until that opening goal, uh, yeah. and for a bit beyond. But they press so well; they are the most organised, high-intensity pressing team that I've seen this season. I would say, and Emery's obviously got them, you know, very well drilled. I was listening to a piece on one of the radio stations saying, not everyone buys into how Emery uh, trains teams, coaches teams. Oh, it's right. too intense. It's it's quite hard, especially when you're sort of uh, in the middle of the season, changing from one manager to another when his style is so completely different from most other managers, uh, especially Gerrard's in this case. And he's clearly, clearly sort of taken to him. And you could tell that they were incredibly organised. And we were just, we could have been there all night. We still would have yeah. scored. So. It, it was it was dominant in the first half and very different in the second. It's almost as if, actually, that Emery was very happy for us to have the ball in the second half. Where, and like we said, we just couldn't do anything with it. I mean, going back to the first half, Boulder, do you have any complaints about the goal? That's, I mean, it's annoying that it's Tyron Mings. I don't know why. Mings just is the sort of person that you just don't want to score that. I mean, you don't want any of them to score that. I find all of Villa's team really quite insufferable. <laughs> I find McGinn quite annoying, especially when he runs. He's got quite an annoying face. I don't like Ollie Watkins <laughs> running his mouth the whole time. I don't, I don't like... I just the whole team just bugs me but I will say that Tyron Mings that was a I mean it's quite a good header really but there's just no one at that far post is there it was I think the only real complaint is that we had a couple what was it three four corners in a row I want to say that we just didn't deal with so we knew and you know even the guys on the commentary were saying they told us this was coming because they gave us so many chances to yeah. clear and get rid of and it was like the fourth corner in a row wasn't it or something I don't exactly, know yeah, yeah, exactly. it, was th- it was the third one yeah. the third one there we go. so you just think surely you've got to do something right this isn't working they're still pressuring it try and do something try and do something different you know not to the extent of you know putting an extra body up near the uh, near the halfway line um which i know uh, danny on the podcast was talking about uh, in the chat rather was talking about you know would that have brought an extra player out sort of thing you know, just, just just defensively we could have done we could have done a lot better but yeah, I don't. Re- I don't know where this annoyance from is coming from, Jeff. I, I don't have any problem with yeah. many of Villa's players. What is is this? A, is this an envy thing or what is it? I'm just. I'm just genuinely curious. I don't know. I how, just. Uh, how can you hate? How can you hate? How can you hate Villa? I don't know. I just suddenly started getting more wound up as the game went on. I thought Ollie Watkins just shouting at the ref the whole time was annoying me. I think John McGinn is. I thought he was a central midfielder. Now he's apparently a world class winger. I don't understand that at all. Um, just it's it's all obviously you know their goalkeeper. What more do you need to say? And 
I just started noticing that Unai Emery is nearly about as annoying as Arteta on the touch in his in his box. So I don't know. It's just it's all it's all. Those and and it's, Buendia, it's, Buendia. Buendia can get in the bin as well because I mean, he's a, a time wasting little shit. Marino, uh, their you know their left back Marino is incredible. Um, he, Marino, he, the, the oh, Marino, yeah. Marino, sorry, beg your Like the the pace of him, he was just all mm. over the place. I was I was really impressed by by the what he was doing. I just um, I don't know. Just Villa fans seem to be very happy to remind us they're grateful every time we beat them. Um, apparently, we always do them a favour, and I just apparently it's you know it's because of us they're doing so well now because we got rid of Gerard for them, and it 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 irks me. It irks me. But um, I digress. I mean, I, I think <laughs> we should move on to. The second half, as you were talking about there, Morgs, and you were just saying how we just couldn't have scored. I mean, there was a Bobby Reed, uh, sorry, there was a Harrison Reed offside goal, and you had a Bobby Reed chance, and he should have just, I mean, squared it a lot better than he did. I can't remember exactly the chance, but there was just a really clear, clear one on one with the keeper, and he just fluffed it slightly. But yeah, as you say, we just couldn't do anything with the ball, and it was quite ironic because we had people in our group actually saying, we need Vinicius on and lo and behold as soon as Vinicius comes on it just doesn't work again and I've got to say as much as I have enjoyed this season as much as it's going very well and we're safe etc I am actually a bit bored of our squad depth in a way do you know what I mean I don't know if that's a mean thing to say maybe it is but it's just the same old people that aren't really the game changers that we need from the bench Um, and you know what your thoughts on that, basically? Well, I mean, first off, that Harrison Reed goal. I mean, he was miles offside. The linesman yeah. just didn't flag it. So it's. I mean, that's that's the really frustrating bit is that the linesman should have just flagged it. It was so. I mean, it was so obvious. It's like just just give it. You're wasting time by allowing the game to play, play it, play on, and it's just so. Well, we know it's offside. You're not going to hurt our feelings if you put your flag up, and you haven't got it wrong. Yeah. But um, then Bobby Reed, yeah, I mean, he probably should have scored. I can't really remember that bit to be honest. It was by that point I was just sort of zoned out, looking at the pretty lights. Um, mm. And yeah, Vinny, we'll always have the Chelsea goal. That's yeah. you know, that's it. That is his lasting impression um, because he came on, and he's a big bloke. I mean, you know, he's well, he's a similar size to Mitrovic, he might be a bit taller, but not. he was weak as piss. Yeah, I'm, my, my he, patience is up now, I'm afraid. Yeah, mine is. And I really wanted him to do well. I think, kind of think, I thought maybe the run of games that he might have while Mitro suspended would have, uh, you know, got him playing to a certain standard. But he's not. He's just not there. Yeah. And He's only he started on, seven games, but I'm now at the point where he's had so many substitutions. Like, the mixture of it all, I'm just like, I've seen enough. And I think you have. Well, seen. no, it's, it's not even the, it's not even his, like, match fitness or anything like that. It's his, the way he plays. Yeah. Uh, and it's the way it just lacked any form of intelligence, the way he was going about his uh, game. And, you know, he was being brushed off the ball. I mean, just simple things seemed to evade him. And when, you know, you've had Dan James up front, who you know, he's done, Dan James did really well against Everton. No one can deny that. No. This game, he was just, you know, he just was bullied out the game. And. Yeah. Again, we were almost going for that sort of, uh, like we did against West Ham, we're putting crosses in the box a lot of the time. And that wasn't working, yes. obviously. So and then you've got, uh, you know, Dan Jones, you know, he sh- probably should have scored in the first half. He was put through and uh, he just, I think, you know, Frenchie was sitting next to each other and he said, had he been more confident or, you know, a better striker would have actually just shot rather than going too wide and then trying to pass it and turning into nothing so yes I mean that whole 
I, I think you're saying that uh, bored of our squad depth. I mean, we can't really help the fact that we've got injuries. You no. can only have you can only have twenty five senior pros in the squad. We've got what we've got at the moment. Obviously, with the suspensions and stuff, would it be better if we tried one of our younger strikers, a Blade or Godo? Who knows? I mean, they've they're not tested in the Premier League. They might he come on. Like and yeah, no, but again, he played three games. He looked, everyone knew that he was, you know, a decent talent. But then he had the championship to play in and grow. But with the under-23 strikers who have not played anything bar under-23, uh, except for that Crawley game, maybe, it's it's a really sort of, uh, you know, random throw of the dice to stick them in the squad. Now, I think Luke Harris is probably the only one that's getting that look in. Uh, that's right as a you know first team player maybe um, who is it Francois is he one is he on the bench every now and then every now and then yeah not much is he off in the summer as well I keep seeing well, is, is, that, is that the one I thought that was uh, the other one Tyson. who's the other one um, the other one is the uh, oh goodness I can't remember his name now sorry yeah that, uh, that one <laughs> I, swear, I can swear yeah. it's been named that Tyrese Francois is off to somewhere yeah well I th- oh Oh, I can't remember. Maybe it is. Losing track. Losing track of our average youth players. Because if it's Tyrese Francois is the one that's off, that might explain why he's not getting his chance. I thought it was the other one. I thought it was the non-Aussie. But there oh, we go. we got two. Have we got two Tyrese Francois? Like two Moussa Dembele's? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's someone else. It doesn't Sylvester matter. Jasper. Whatever. Whatever it is. Is it uh, Sylvester we need Jasper to... that's off? Jasper. That was it. That's it. Not Francois. The, yeah, yeah, two very average under 23s exactly and that's the problem is we don't have anything more than that and obviously the summer is impending we will go out we will get more players and hopefully next season we'll have a stronger squad depth but right now it's it is what it is we've got injuries we've got suspensions it's sometimes you just have to deal with these especially towards the end of the season and I think Whatever night, Tuesday night's game really showed that it's coming to the end of the season and these players need a rest. They need to come back, you know, stronger, get the season going again. I mean, we've had an amazing season. Tuesday night was very much a blip, but this is, sort of, these will happen. We are still 10th in the league, yeah. six points clear of uh, Chelsea, which is and lovely. And nearly mathematically awesome. safe as well, which is great. I mean, Baldo, is there anything you want to add here? I mean, in terms of, uh, I mean, I, I know mathematically safe doesn't, actually, it doesn't matter anymore. We're we safe, are, don't we're worry safe. About it. It's fine. I know but, you're I mean, panicking still. I'm fine. But uh, do you think there's anything that you'd like to add, Baldo, in terms of who played well? It seems that Tosin is playing. Who, pl- who played well? None of it. None of, none of, well, none I think Tosin is arguably very good. You mentioned Tosin. I thought Tete was good. Tete was good. good game. He, he dealt. He dealt with. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree with that. Actually, I thought he dealt with. Um, you know, Moreno. I can't pronounce his name clearly very well. Um, so there, there are some. There were some highlights in there from our players. I'd say, even though we lost. Our defense was fine. Right. You know, our defensive. T- uh, you know, apart from that, the the goal, which you know, it's, it was a corner, and you could blame anyone. I think Reem might have lost him, but I think he was crowded out as well in the box. So yeah, we just can't attack. Away. We're very blunt. Um, just incredibly yeah. blunt. And um, uh, hopefully we can just sort that out in the summer. Well, hopefully when Mitro's back for Southampton. Just hang on. Just mm. onto the just onto the summer. This has sort of caught my mind while we were talking. Yeah, go. Would you cut? Would you cut your losses on Vinicius in the summer, or would yeah, you 100%. keep on him? I'm not, no, I'm no, looking, no, I've he's seen, gone. I've seen cut your losses. I've been I've, kicking I've, him out off the bus on the way home he's from, gone. Manchester, seen, uh, from Manchester United. I, I just Google. I'm, I've seen four and a half million as a fee, nine and a half, four point three. So roughly somewhere. In that range, 
Mm. Has he really? Has he really been worth it? And do you think we'll be able to get that much back for him? Maybe well, not. Did we pay I mean, money he's... for him? Yeah, we, we did. did. We I, paid about again, oh, six million or something. Pick a fee what? from whatever I just googled, but we paid something for him. It wasn't God, much. We, we didn't. We didn't pay much, but I mean, he has been linked to um, you know the South American club uh, Flamengo, Flamengo, yeah. and you know, absolutely go for it, run with it. I mean, let's get Musa Dembele back on a free. I mean, or something like that. I mean, or, or hmm. probably not him because he'll never probably go want back. Highway. Never go back. Sometimes go back. I think. Um, I, I just yeah I think Vinicius that the the project is the, the it just the pro, not project you know what I'm trying to say I don't, yeah that was never a project it was not a project but the that idea, was a stopgap no so. the idea is over I would say I mean I like the yeah. idea of Vinicius coming on as a substitute to maybe hold on to a win because he acts just like another midfielder trying to connect things up really he does like he mm. just isn't doing enough um, and I would say that I can imagine we might see players like Terrier Blade or. Godo, uh, like you mentioned, maybe in the later, the last two games potentially to come on as a replacement mm. because you don't. I just think he's definitely going to leave essentially. And I, and I will, I will say the good thing is at least we're talking about a player leaving while we have the money and the wiggle room in which to do it, rather than oh we're back in the championship next year. We don't have the money. We've got you know we've got another mm. 150 million or whatever it is Premier League money. So for us to lose 10 million or whatever it is. Say we get some money for it, lose five million on Vinicius. That's it's not the worst thing for us. It's not the worst thing. We've, worst bit of business uh-huh. we've ever done. No, he needs to go just because he will be. He won't play next season, and it would just be a waste for him. So he just Agreed. needs to go back to Brazil, get some game time over there. He'll wind down his career, and he we said we'll still have the Chelsea goal. And he'll and he'll score he'll still score goals, but just in leagues that aren't as probably physical or as competitive as this one. I mean, he's done it. I in, don't know. I've seen the Brazilian league? Well, I, I don't know about the Brazilian league, but I mean, he's Kick sco- seven shit saves the shit out of you if you're not careful. Well, maybe, but I mean, he scored. <laughs> I mean, he scored a lot of goals in the Portuguese league. He scored goals in the um, in the uh, Dutch league. I mean, he, he obviously is a fairly good striker. I'm sure if he went down to the Championship with us or another team, he'd probably score a few. But I just yeah, it's not. It, it's just not going to happen. Um, we need to upgrade, especially as we're. We don't want to. We want to avoid second season syndrome, but we'll get onto that a bit later. What I'll get onto now is, well, actually, just anything else you'd like to mention there, Baldo? Something we haven't covered? Anything about the game at all? Villa. Actually, yeah, you, you just mentioned Villa. How, what food did you have at the game, Morgan? Did you see anything? Brilliant. Uh, any food? No, yeah, I, didn't cause I don't know if you've seen on the uh, the Footy Scran Twitter page. Love I, I, but I urge everyone who has not, who a who has not seen it, subscribe to the footy scrum. Everyone's seen fantastic. it now. Yeah, but, everyone's on but, it. But no, there was an absolutely atrocious chicken and chips that was on there that someone said <laughs> with a side of salmonella. I'm just curious as to whether or not Morgan had any sort of similar experiences. No, I, I mean they, uh, that's the last thing I need is one of those salmonella. Uh, I, I had I had a very warm moretti at half time. That had obviously been poured about sort of 20 minutes before, and uh, that was my culinary delight of Villa Park you know what Moretti's not bad that's, that, that's, a, good, that's a good beer to have on draft I know it is yeah I'm I was quite impressed that. was that your first yeah, time at Villa it, Park no the last time I went was this FA Cup semi-final against Chelsea and before oh, that the only other time I've been was when we beat them 2-0 in the cup that time which nice. was uh, 24 years ago oh, now, which hell. makes me feel very old yeah it does don't but, say that again <laughs> yeah. No, I tell you what though, Villa Park is a great stadium. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of the uh, the fans, but I mean the actual ground. It's uh, you know designed by Archibald Leach, who designed the Johnny Haynes stand, and it's just it is a great stadium. 
in a real shithole of an area. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's great, apart from the people in it and the people outside it. Yeah. I'm sure they're lovely, but I can't understand a word they say. And it's in Aston, which is an absolute toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's 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 move on. We will talk about. I, mean, I think we've done this now. I mean, it was such a boring game, and like we're in yeah. we're into Thursday now. We want to talk about what's coming, and what is coming is a very bad blue moon, and that is Man City. And we will talk about that after this music. Fulham. So I've got here on my notes. We are going to die. But die well? Question mark. I mean, we, we, we would take, but die well? Do you think, Morgan? Like, oh, it's, it's not. Uh, it's not like you to be dramatic, are you? Is it, Jamie? Yeah. Well, yeah, hold we on. We can't put it more bluntly than that, can we? Aren't Did you we watch the game last die? night? Did you see that game? It was four fucking one. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen a more. That is the most dominant performance. One of the most dominant performances I've ever seen in a Premier League game ever. I would say. And I, I know I haven't been watching football as long as you guys, but I, I really haven't seen a team look that. Did ridiculous. you? Did you uh, do you remember the days of Man United nine Ipswich nil? Or no, I don't. <laughs> any any Southampton loss of nil nine nil? You know, the, even the Liverpool <laughs> side of like three or four years ago, like I, there's a sub, there's a part of me that would say I'd much rather face this Manchester City side than the prime Salah Firmino Mane side, for instance. That's interesting. I, I don't. I just don't know how I feel about that because I, I feel I've, like th- I've, no, I, this, I don't know. this new formation that Pep's got this three-two-four-one thing, which everyone is like praising as some sort of new idea. It's been around for actually ages, and like it's actually something that he played in under Cruyff when he was at Barcelona. But it's just, it's just honestly just an overload of like they turn into a four-four-two when they're not uh, in possession, and when they're in possession, they just basically just fucking throw everything at you, and it's terrifying. And I just don't know who. I'm just trying to think of what player on our team is going to struggle the most. I think all of them will, but I'm just trying to think which player will struggle the most against what. what I am looking. Which... F- I am not looking forward to the Erling Haaland versus Tim Ream battle. I will say. What do you mean? Much. I think I'm not worried about. Uh, no, no, that's gonna be fine. It's it's more I don't know it's, it's something it's something else it's something. I'm are not... you just fascinated that their hairs are going to get intertwined and that's just going to be them. The ponytail like switcheroo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Avatar. <laughs> They're going to start mating on the pitch with their hair. God, that'd be weird. I think it's <laughs> weird looking babies. So I'm going to take your word for that for that reference. I'm just yeah. think that's how it works. Yeah, that's the first film as well. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say the title race is done for them now? I mean, is it possible they oh, might I... take their foot off the gas a bit? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I don't think the title race is done, but I definitely think Man City are going to win it. Now, I think it's. The game in hand, look, they're probably not going to drop another point. Uh, if they do, it'll be a big surprise. I don't think Arsenal are going to win all their last games. And okay. I think that's the problem. You know, Man City are such a good team, the way they play. It's relentless. It's professional. It's uh, clinical. Arsenal, they're, you know, they're, they're a young team. They've done very, very well to get where they are this season. To even be in a position to challenge Man City is a good effort. But it could all change. You know, we could put a proper shithouse performance in. And yeah, nick, it, 
nick it 5-4, you know. Well, we <laughs> might. Like, we'll who knows what will happen? We'll certainly be playing on the counter-attack, and we used to be quite good at that, but that's when we had Mitrovic linking things up. So, But, we'll, you know, maybe Dan James might be the answer. We just don't know because of the injuries. We don't know yet. We haven't heard from Marcus Silva in his press conference of, like, how bad Harry Wilson is, how bad Willian is. But, Harry I mean, Wilson, sorry, I literally just looked it up before this. So, basically, that was, if it looked, it seems as if it's like a stomach bug. He said he was. You know, I'll, I'll get the. I'll, I'll see if I can get. He's got the, the shit. Well, yeah. That's why he came off. Basically, yeah. I've. I've got the. Um, despite the, 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 the Harry was completely different. He felt something in his stomach. He didn't feel very well last night. This morning he felt okay, ready to go to the match, but he started to feel again at the beginning of the match. So that could just be the flu. It could just be food poisoning. It, Harry also, what? I would be stunned if he... Did he have the chicken and chips from Villa Park? That might be where the picture came from. <laughs> so, Harry Wilson, I don't think is a disastrous... You know, like, like William, if he's a hamstring, some of his age could be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, Harry I was Wilson, thinking that. I'm not, Harry yeah. Wilson, I'm not concerned about. Okay, all right. I thought just because, I don't know, there's just been all this sort of... Uh, fear mongering going on, on on other podcasts and, and and just general they're not mongering but you know what yeah. I mean talk of the, actually the fact he might have actually sustained another really bad injury so that's uh, that would be good if he nope. could play again he was um, just about to do a Gary Lineker on the pitch and he had to get off brilliant okay so yeah. that's fine so we got we got that so we could obviously keep Dan James up front I mean that's the sort of speed you need against like you know to try and counter them I just have no idea like I said I have no idea what on earth we're going to do to win this game I just think sometimes is it just fair enough just to enjoy a really good football team beat us <laughs> I, th- I think sometimes you do just have to appreciate what you're watching I mean I remember back in the day watching uh, us play Arsenal at the cottage when Thierry Henry was playing or you're watching uh, Man U play when Giggs was there. You know, obviously he's an arsehole, but he was also a very good footballer. Sure. And and it's just, sometimes you have to just look at that and go, if we can get a goal, that would be good. And it is, it is that I think. But yeah. I'm exactly the same. So in my abiding memory, that is, um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you were there, Morgan, but um, Man United at Old Trafford, first day of the season in 2006-7. What the uh, when we. His when we Cristiano were 4-0 Ronaldo. down after 19 minutes. Yeah, that one. It's the same sort of thing. Because like, yeah. that was that was basically the game of the Cristiano Ronaldo. Because it was after the World Cup winking incident. That oh, was yeah. I like to say that was the birth of him saying, F the lot of you, I'm going to be the best player in the world. Because of all the media attention that had come out of it. It was the same sort of thing. There was an element of, even after they scored four, there was a part of it. Just, I kind of want to see Man United score again. The game is over. We've lost. There's, there's nothing... I kind of just want to see Christian, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and I think Luis Sahar would have been part of that team and Wayne Rooney. Let's just enjoy watching them be the best that they can be and just we just happen to be on we just happen to be on the end of it, but it could have been anyone that day. So yeah, I yeah. do kind of get that. Is you know, I didn't people... have that feeling. I remember that my feelings were very, very different to yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was... I remember thinking we've just driven four hours up here, first day of the season. And we're getting bent over, and it's going very, very badly. Like I said, well, I was <laughs> only I don't 14. I was only 14, and in my like third or fourth season of supporting Fulham, so I didn't quite have the atta- attachments that then. But uh, it's the same sort of thing. Like I'm sure there will be people this, you know, who are going this weekend that will just, you know, after the third goal has gone in, just just enjoying seeing Erling Haaland, this freak of nature. Just that we will never see a player like him. Probably, I don't think anyway. We will not see this. This is not a Man City praising podcast, but it's just the fact. We're not going to see someone of him size, speed, finishing ability probably ever again. So yeah, just sit there, just sit there and enjoy it. Mm. I don't know. The world's evolving. People are getting bigger, stronger, faster. 
But you could also say that, uh, you know, players are generally getting playing older now. You've got Ibrahimovic, you still play, for God's sake. So, I mean, it is, it is, football is evolving a lot. I don't know. I reckon Haaland might play with his hair out as he, you know, he took him, take his ponytail out before he uh, scored a goal last night. He looked like he was supposed to be fronting some sort of Scandinavian metal band. Yeah, and then he uh, and then he scored. I kind of so. like it. It was just it was quite it was quite it was quite a fun way to end the game. Just sort of like just L'Oreal. Here we are. Uh, it was just quite like, it was brilliant. <laughs> I thought it was wicked. I think um, yeah, just in terms of I've mentioned the ridiculous format. It's not ridiculous, but the formation that Pep uses in this system at the moment. I, I think do we don't dare change our formation for this, do we? I think that's I said. <laughs> no. in the group. Like we don't we don't suddenly just do we we don't put Diop, Tosin, and Reen together and just do wing backs and try and make. I was going to say who back. was the idiot on the group chat that suggested wing backs? Was it, it was. It was me, mate. It was me. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone, <laughs> someone just shut you down. Yeah, it was Stato. It usually it is Stato. Stato yes, um, but it's, it's, it's fine. I, I just thought, like, you know, he made the good point of actually, why should we, you know, we've seen what can happen to teams if suddenly they play a system that they've never played before and how they can just shit the bed. We don't want that. So I guess we just have to maybe... I think Tottenham tried that at Newcastle the other night. That's the example the that Stato used. Yeah, yeah perfect. So, yeah. so there we go, really. I mean, uh, City, like you said, Boulder, we don't want this to make a City praising... Um, podcast, but I, are you still in the frame of mind that um, Pep Guardiola is is a, a fraud, a checkbook manager, or are you starting to see that maybe if they do the treble, that they might actually, uh, you know? I do still, I do still maintain that he is a fraud and a checkbook manager. I'm not buying it. The fact that he's had X amount of chances to win the Champions League, yeah. and then all of a sudden, here comes Erling Haaland, freak of nature. And they're probably going to win it this year. And But the thing is, everyone's going to say, oh, look at the culture he's created at Manchester City and all the legacy he's going to... No, he got the greatest centre-forward in the world for £60 million. I think it was something stupid along those lines, you know, when Chelsea get... Cheaper Mudrick, than Anthony. Exactly, cheaper than Anthony, cheaper than Mudrick to pay for Chelsea, just because he got lucky with a release clause. So £60 million, plop him at the front, and then, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Pep's a great manager... Obviously, I am exaggerating a bit, but there is just an element of, let's not forget, he has had a lot of help along the way. Like, if he'd... Like, I use this as an example. If he'd have turned Patrick Roberts into what Phil Foden is now, Mm. I would have given him all the praise in the world. But, no, there's just so many examples of the fact he let Jane Sancho go, the fact he let Patrick Roberts go. There's a couple of... Like, Joe Hart. Turn Joe Hart into Edison if you are that good of a manager. I just... (laughs) Don't buy. I don't buy all of it. I buy a lot of it. I don't buy all of it. I Grant buy Oliver. all of it. I think the man's a genius. I well, love you it. would because you're you <laughs> I'm would. Just a closet city fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've just. I, I don't know. I, I just. I. I, th- I think he. Yeah. I, I think he's definitely changed Premier League football like the way Wenger did. Um. And I think Wenger. Know, Wenger. Wenger. Arsene Wenger. <laughs> what do you want me to say, Wenger? Yeah. What his oh, okay. name? Wenger. <laughs> Stop being such a wenger. Fine, uh, but I will just say that I think I, I I think the treble would be interesting. It would be really it would just be quite fun. I I, I just like pissing really? elitist fans off. You know all these people that don't want them to win, and the only thing they have against them now is they're saying they've never won a Champions League. It would just be quite funny. Um, Hang on, elitist fans. You're talking about Man City. Well, the the second richest team in the world behind the uh, you know the Saudi lot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I don't feel sorry for them in the slightest. I think I they're a very good footballer team. I think uh, I think Pep's a very good manager and coach. Yes, he's not exactly uh, taking Stockport County up from League Two, but he's you know managing uh, to deal with a team in a way that seemingly other managers can't handle a bunch of egos. Fair so enough. if you, you know, if you put him in charge at Chelsea, 
he'd probably be able to get that ragtag bunch of uh, individuals to play a game of football properly. But it takes a strong manager and a strong personality to be able to deal with that. And I think he's got that. So I'm so you know. happy, believe me. I'm so happy. <laughs> Just sorry. I keep, I, I, I keep pressing that. I, I'm sorry. I tried pressing it earlier and uh, it didn't land because Baldur was talking over it. He ruined everything, so I've just played it again. Um, all right, guys. Well, look, um, quickly, we'll just say score prediction. <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 2 2, and we'll get an equalizer in the last minute oh, for with a penalty. Um, yeah. No, 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 a penalty? J Mac, you don't get away with this. You can't say we are going to die, but die badly or die honorably or whatever it was in the night. And then say, yeah, we'll get a 2 2. I've changed this, my mind. This, give, this gives you a great, <laughs> to all the listeners, this gives you a great insight into what J Mac is like in the in the WhatsApp chat. He's Flip flop. He's the. The, the most flip-flop person you will ever meet and we love him for it in fairness mm. but word, you can't just do all this and then pull out a 2 I'm just trying to be positive I don't want to just end with a score but it's saying we're going to get battered like a, a card 6-1 a 2 I mean... nil defeat not not bonkersness like 2 all. Look, the argument hey, is you never know the, you never know the argument is we do know though we do know they won <laughs> they only beat us last time through a really dodgy penalty am I correct I mean we could just do the same thing to them I mean we mm-hmm. could you just don't know the cottage is trust a, in Marco a I trust in Marco yeah. it's fine yeah. and they've had 24 hours less rest than us I mean clearly they, they're going to be tired yeah absolutely nothing like yeah. with, with the 50 100 600 million they've got on the bench I don't know I feel like Jack mm. Grealish is going to have a good game he always does at the moment he's actually improved so much over the last few games but I, I feel like he's going to probably score against us I don't know why I think I've changed my tune on Jack Grealish since Aston Villa he's, he's not as annoying as he once was maybe it's because he's not with Villa I don't know um, oh I think he seems like an alright guy but yeah I mean he's, he seems... he's a bit of a he's just a bit of a shit he's a geezer really. he's a geezer alright then right I don't know. Let's go. Let's, we'll go You're on to a- for a start. There you go. We'll go on to AOS. All other stuff after this noise. Fulham. Okay. Well, I, I'm just going to give a little shout out. Actually, um, our producer Don Love met a re- uh, met a fan of ours in Thailand called Yu Thanit, and um, yeah, thank you very much. We have we have fans in Thailand, guys. Who, who knew? That's nice, isn't it? So uh, I didn't. Cup, awesome. cup. That is yeah. thank you in Thai. I speak Thai very well. So that's thank you very much, you. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, keep listening, mate. And yeah, I, I guess my question really quickly is: I know we're running out of time here, but um, with our six defeats in the last eight games, would you say there are any warning signs to you of next season that we? I, I know we need to invest, but I just basically want to know how you think we can avoid the myth or the cliche of second season syndrome and I'll go to you first Maud I think we just need to be very smart in the transfer market this time around we've got a we've got a good core of a team we don't we do not want to be selling any of our star players we want to make sure that Polina and Leno are still around Pereira as well I think yeah um, you know obviously Mitro but we need to bring in a very uh, dependable backup for him, you know. If not, someone's challenging for his position, and I think we need to make sure that the atmosphere is still good. We've clearly got a good squad of players. There's good squad morale there, and yeah, I mean, second season syndrome, and obviously horribly cliche, but it is always a possibility that it happens. We just need to make sure that we have a good preseason. We get players in early. I know we're not particularly good at that, but 
we at least, you know, we've got the summer planned. You know, they're off to the States, aren't they, for those friendlies, uh, the, which may be mildly competitive, which is probably not a bad thing. And hopefully Marco doesn't get any sort of, you know, crazy job offers in the summer. So we keep, you know, we keep the the spine of what we've got and just build around it. And I think it is this, it is, you know, uh, I, I kind of hate the term, but it is a bit of a project. At the yeah. Moment because we are... We have we have built on last season, which is great, and to an extent that none of us, you know, would have expected. So I think if we need to build again, much in the same way as you know we've spoken about them already, but the same way that Aston Villa did, they you know they avoided only just uh, relegation their first season, and look how they've come on. So there's no reason why we can't do something similar. It's interesting, isn't it? Because now we're in uncharted territory. We're in with the Cairns when we've actually stayed up a season. And we always said when we go up with the Cairns, like we don't want to do another rehash of season 18, 19, where we spent so much money and disrupt the Apple cart and don't, you know, use the same players that helped got us promoted in the first place. And you actually realise if you stay in the Premier League, you're doing the same thing again. It's the same story, really. You Because I can imagine that the Cairns will spend very big this summer. And I can imagine that we will probably... Um, break our transferred record for a player as well and I think so with that in mind you've got to actually say the same thing again as we said for promote you you don't want to disrupt the cart so much because you actually want to keep the core of players that have actually kept us up this season so it's not just Mm. when you get promoted it's when you actually stay up as well Um, it's going to be interesting for sure And any thoughts on this uh, Baldo? No I think Morgan just sort of said it is just invest smartly and just better because you look the ones that are coming to mind right now are the fullbacks, for instance. Kenny Tete is un, you know, undisputed number one. Yeah. Who have been the two backups that we brought in this season? Kevin Mbappé and Cedric Suarez. Not exactly great. Not exactly have been great. I, I think there's a lot of promise in Cedric, a lot more than there was in Mbappé, but didn't exactly do well. Then you look at what we had at, we, what we had at left back, whether or not um, Zachariah... I forgot, I've forgotten how to pronounce his name already because he's just been so ineffectual. But Kazawa, 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 that was it. Sorry, Kazawa, I, was yeah. the, I was thinking of the French guy. I was to have. Yeah, Kazawa. Oh, Lakesh, yeah. Yeah, Lakesh. Sorry, I keep yeah. getting them. I keep getting them confused. But yeah, those two or uh, Lakesh hasn't exactly uh, Kazawa rather. Sorry, still getting confused. Wasn't exactly the greatest option that we had. So maybe we get a better one, especially because I'm in the class that thinks Robinson is going to leave this summer. I think I think he's gone. So invest him. So I think it is just. It is the obvious answer, but it is investing in strength in strength and depth, just that we don't go through this lull when Mitrovic is out, or if Palina, if we keep hold of him, we've heard the stories today coming out. If we lose him for a couple of games, or for or in total, we don't suddenly go to mm. we don't go to pot when he's out. I think that has to be the thing. It's just strength and depth, so we can deal with a couple of these you know problems if and when they come. And I think we well go on, Morgs. I can see you about to say something. Um, no, I mean the Robinson thing. I, you know, I think we could find a better left back. I think Robinson's done very well this season. Uh, there were a few games recently where he didn't cover himself in glory, but he is decent. However, we were linked with Alex Garnacho, weren't we, from Benfica the other day? Oh, Grimaldo. If we got him, Grimaldo. Sorry, That's yeah. One, yeah. That um, Grimaldo. Yeah, he. I mean, looking at him, that would be a great signing. It'd be very on the very face good. of it. Yeah. On the face of it, you never know with some of these players. Uh, but, you know, he's played pretty much every game for Benfica this season. They're top of the league. They're, uh, you know, he clearly is a very good left back. And I think if we had the option for someone like that, great. 
bring him in. But you would hope that Robinson would stay around because as a competitor for that position, I think he's you know perfectly perfectly good for it. We don't have another option. Joe Bryan will undoubtedly come back and then leave in the summer. He's not played at all this season, really. We Kazara will go back because I mean he's injury prone and when he has played, he, I mean he did all right for a couple of games, but that's about it. On the right, yeah, Suarez will go back. I can't see us signing him because he hasn't exactly set the world alight. And Mbabu, that's just a shame that happened, really. Uh, Steven Sessegnon, obviously setting the world alight at uh, Charlton, though. So maybe we'll get him back and he, uh, he's uh, going to step into his uh, brother's shoes, finally. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It'll be interesting to see he what won't. happens in general. But, well, no, I mean, yeah. uh, he won't. He won't. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with our academy. I'm really enjoying the, the, the words that are coming out of Marcus Silva's mouth in terms of project and vision. And I feel like he, we will see some more players making the step up from the academy as well, which is very good to see. I think it's, it's I mean, it's very exciting. But the, the, main, the main thing is getting that guy tied down to another contract or an extension of some kind for sure. I kind of hope they're just waiting for the end of the season. Really. I think it's so, kind yeah. of it's a, it's a bit strange they've let it go this long if they are indeed going to offer him one or maybe it's just a matter of there have been conversations or clubs sniffing around and he hasn't wanted to commit just yet uh, yeah. but I kind of hope that he's not getting turned he's got a good thing going on at Fulham now Yeah, he's got the backing he's loved by the supporters there's no unless it was you know to manage uh, Porto or some top Portuguese team then maybe He'd be interested, but hopefully not for another English team. I hope. I hope next season we um, obviously we improve with the squad and uh, we build on what we've got. And I think the next stage obviously would be nice to, I, you know, the the, tra- the the dream of getting into Europe is not going to happen. I mean, I I'm quite glad that even though everyone was talking about it, not really realistically, just more as a pipe dream. I, I think it would really have damaged us being in Europe, and I think a lot of people feel the same. I think also yeah, big time. Yeah, what, it, we were talking about this on uh, Tuesday night um, because. It would be it would be damaging because we'd go in at whatever stage the qualifying probably if it was you know the last qualifying round you start playing games really early you're playing twice a week again consistently and it's it's fun being able to go to you know these weird and wonderful places but at the same time you see the effect it has on teams like us yeah we if it may be in like three four seasons then it's fine because you built up a decent squad squad depth and you're used to you know the high intensity games but i don't really want us to get to uh, into europe just yet I think it'll the counter argument people will say to this is sort of like no we need europe because it attracts better players but i'm not too we managed to attract jao Polina here without europe we were a promoted team and, and you know we've got a great stadium we're in london we've got a lot of money that's going to be spent with the cans i don't doubt it so i'm, I'm not worried about that i i, I people just sign for the premier league or the champions league. league exactly they don't care about the europa league or the they certainly do not care about the conference league even though that tournament i think is massively underrated because there's some great teams in that oh and it's it's it's, it's yeah. a winnable one i mean west ham are going to do it i think um i i, I really think they will I, I was going to say though originally is that what i'd like to see next season is actually for us to pick up a few more big scouts we've been very good at beating the teams around us this season um, but I look at teams unfortunately like Brentford and you know they've just got the double over Chelsea now and this is the second season in the row they've beat them at Stamford Bridge something we could only dream about so kudos to them but I, I would love to be able to do a bit more we stuff we got four like points that. of them no we did we did I just mean in terms yeah. of I'd love to get a win at Stamford Bridge or I'd like to I'd like to try and beat Manchester United at Old Trafford 
hey, actually, you know what? That could still happen. But you know what I mean. 20-year like, anniversary. You know, no. that's... Uh... Yeah, Mitro's Revenge. It'd be great. It'd be really good. And um, last but not least, I mean, I mean, I just guess I would just like to see what you guys think in terms of... Because we talk about next season. Uh, we now know that Sheffield United are going to be joining us along with Burnley. Um Fab Rooney, um, and uh, I'm just trying to think. Actually, have you got any ideas, Bordeaux, who you think might win the playoffs? Might win the playoffs, no. But there is a little bit. There is part of me that wanted to be either Luton or Millwall. Just to <laughs> yeah, get, yeah Millwall would be great. <laughs> just to, just yeah. to get two new new. I'm I'm assuming Luton would be a new name. I don't know. Were they in back L- in the early nineties? L- is the question for you, Morgan? I think they were in maybe like 1990. They dropped out before it became the Premiership. So they, but I think so they've they were, never, so they've never been in the Premier League, Luton. No, in they've been in Division either, One stuff. Yeah, either either one, Luton or Millwall, get a new get a new team in, perfect. And also, yeah. let, let's be honest, if you know, I say this as a full, you know, I'll be in America at this point, but for the good of Fulham fans. Luton or Millwall much better than like Sunderland or Middlesbrough or any of the other teams that are up there. Yeah. Just in terms of easier away day, that's easy. I'm more play. than happy for Middlesbrough to stay exactly where they are. Um, and not sort of darken our door again for the next few years. They can bring Muniz back yeah. though; that'd be nice. Well, yeah, we should have yeah. done that ages ago. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I'm I'm in the same park as Bulldog. I want uh, Luton or Millwall. I lo- I love going to Millwall for an away day. It's good fun. It's uh, yeah. it's good fun. We always play really well against them as well. So it'd be uh, it'd be nice to um, have them in the Premier League. I just think it's like we'll get all these fashionable teams playing in the Premier League and then Millwall or Luton turn up oh it'd be brilliant <laughs> just, uh, everyone going into that stadium at Luton would just be absolutely you know all the, the sky yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to, the sky teams in people's living rooms like around the house <laughs> yeah. just really str- looking out the window you know just got like so Dorothy handing sort of Gary Lineker <laughs> yeah. cup of tea or something brilliant brilliant well yeah. with that in mind guys I think I am ready to call that a day unless you want to Add anything else to the pod? You all good? Oh, I just, I, I think we've sort of, um, I don't know if touched on the last podcast, but uh, Shahid Khan coming over and being interviewed in the Sunday Times, which for his uh, standard interview, he must have like a go-to journalist there or something. But mm. it was such classic lip service for it. And uh, again, we've we've said this to little blue in the face. We perfectly understand how much money he's put into the club. And, you know, we have this brand new shiny stand. Yes, there is this £3,000 ticket. But he was making a point about that. But really, I don't think anyone, uh, you know, really cares about that £3,000 ticket. People knew that was going to be expensive. If someone wants to go out and pay that, it's great. He did not cover anything on the fact that the regular season ticket for regular fans has gone up by 18, 20% during a cost of living crisis. It's just... It really annoys me that they've done this. Not from me on a personal level, just generally. I mean, me on a personal level, because it priced me out of getting a season ticket next year for, at the moment. But the fact they've done it, whilst it makes up a very minimal amount of our, you know, sort of income over the over the year, it's it's really it's really shitty, for want of a better term. And I'm kind of hoping this doesn't. Well, who knows? I mean, the way the prices have gone up, even in the hammy end, we're heading towards a £1,000 season ticket across the board in the next few years. And that is unacceptable for this for this game. You know, we shouldn't have to pay that much. Yes, I get it. Match day ticket prices for on an individual basis can be expensive. Is what it is. We've sold out the ground pretty much every game this season. Fair enough. But to charge... 
fans that have been watching this, young fans as well, coming into games, it's going to drive people away eventually if it starts getting too expensive. And I really hope that they look at this and they think, even if they just freeze the prices for the next few years or whatever, but right now, Shahid did not cover himself in glory when he did that interview because it was all very, you know, oh yeah, but we're doing this, have to become sustainable, this, that, and the other. It's like, yeah, we get it. But it doesn't mean you have to punish fans with this price, which yeah. is just going to keep going up. It doesn't seem sustainable either in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's not. This is, this, there, is, there is a bubble that is going to grow around the Premier League if prices keep going up because eventually people will stop watching. And if people stop watching in the grounds, people might stop watching on the TV. And if that, you know, countries stop watching and they turn their attention to another league, then we're in for a bit of a, um, you know, a shitstorm. So. Well, from one shitstorm to another, will I be seeing you on Sunday? Uh, unfortunately, I can't make this one. Oh, I've got parenting duties, unfortunately. Oh, fair Although, enough. Although, uh, I think I might try and watch the first 15 minutes on TV before I start sort of uh, rocking back and forth. <laughs> Oh, very good. All right. Well, look, thank you very much. Thank you very much to my co-host. Thank you very much for listening at home or wherever you are. And we'll be back. We'll be back with a reaction to this game. And hopefully something interesting happens. I'm sure it will. And yeah, if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us. And we'll be back, like I said. Many thanks. Stay safe. Fulham.